This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed. Welcome to The Garden Show. I'm Dean Holland here at Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Yes, with Charlie Dobbin. How are you this morning, Face Charlie? to face. face I yes. can see you. Yeah. How <laughs> are you? This is fun. I'm great. It's fun. We're in the Good. studio. Yeah, it's very nice. Very, and very it's nice. Thanksgiving weekend. Mm-hmm. We're obviously both here from out of town yes. to pick up our respective children to take them home for stuffing and gravy and all that important stuff. Yeah, and I've actually brought one of my children down mm-hmm. because uh, my wife and I and my youngest daughter who has spent uh, her short lifetime dancing oh my. are heading over to uh, Meridian to Hall yeah, yeah, to watch some dance after mm-hmm. this afternoon. Yeah. Cool. So uh, I was hoping to pick up both my children. Yeah. I will only be picking up one because, unfortunately, my daughter tested positive for Ooh. COVID on Wednesday. Nasty. So instead, I've got all kinds of groceries, <clears throat> which yeah. I'm going to drop outside the door of her apartment. <laughs> you and got it. Text her and say, open your door. There's food outside. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I've got one who's in England right now. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we won't have them all for Thanksgiving. And mm-hmm. But my 19-year-old, he got home last night. So, oh, cool. uh, yeah, so we do have, we'll have three, three of the four. Well, that's yeah. a, that's Indeed, pretty yeah. good. I'll have one of two. <laughs> I know you have announcements, but I want to give the numbers out sure, just very, very uh, quickly. Uh, 416-360-0740 is the number. If you are living in Toronto or anywhere else, Outside Toronto, in the province of Ontario, one 740 We'd love you to let Carlos know if you're a first-time caller, because then I will give you your garden wings. Too fancy. <laughs> and call often, call early, and please, 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 one question per call. Okay, there you go. You have an announcement or Just so. Just so yeah. you know, Dean, that's, that's a digital version of chimes. <laughs> that's not real chimes. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, wait. It- <laughs> Dean recorded it. Rick. Well, yeah, he I just, ain't I, no dinosaur. No, no, no. Good gotta, on you. I got to show off to my kids, right? There you go. Good <laughs> luck with that. So a couple things. Burlington Hort Society today is having a perennial plant sale. Started at 8 o'clock, but of course you're going to wait till 10 because you're listening to the show. Mm-hmm. Zoom on over to 662 Guelph Line in Burlington for uh, some cool deals on fruit, bushes, bulbs, garlic, etc., uh, free entry, of course, open until 2 or until sold out. Remember, if you're in the Norwood area, you're going to want to catch me at the Norwood Hort Society this coming Tuesday, October the 11th, 7 p.m. We'll be meeting at 27 King Street in Norwood. And it's called, my topic is gardening in a changing climate. And I just got a note from the Leeside Hort Society that on October 13th, their meeting, 7 p.m., the topic is Wild, Weird, and Wacky Weather. And that's a presentation by a gentleman named David Chapman. And I guess he has traveled the world taking photographs of incredible clouds and, and all kinds of really you know funky yes. weather. And as gardeners, we do become meteorologists. Mm-hmm. It's part of the job. Indeed. That actually sounds really interesting. Uh, okay. We will talk more about that. And uh, the lines are open. Please give us a call. We'd love to take your questions. And, uh, but right now I have to take a quick break. 
Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed. We are back here with The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, and she is ready and, and excited to take your questions. And uh, <laughs> among other things, I know we'll, we'll hopefully talk about bulb planting today. Right? For a very good reason. Yes. I just filled your trunk up with you boxes did. of bulbs. Absolutely. It's very, very exciting. <laughs> okay, uh, let's go to our first call. We have, uh, we have Sharon on the line, and it looks to me like uh, West Lauren. Yep. Is that correct? Yeah, That's Sharon correct. from West Lauren. How are you today, Sharon? I'm fine, thank you. And you too, also? Yeah, yeah. we're well. Beautiful. Morning. That's good. Um, I'll start off with wishing you happy Thanksgiving Thank you. Uh, for a while. And uh, what I'm calling about is my Christmas cactus. Now, I'm going to give you a little synopsis on what I do with it. Yeah. Um, about the first or second week in June, I put it out under uh, a tree in the backyard in the shade, mm-hmm. and I leave it there and um, it goes on its own. Um, I water it occasionally, the end of September. I keep checking for buds about the last, maybe the last week um, before it it, uh, freezes. Bring it in, and I place it in a plastic bag. Excuse me. Place it in a plastic bag and spray it with Raid, and then I do it up tight, for, and I leave it for two days, and then I open it up to the air and give it a breather, then back in for another two days with the Raid, and then I bring it in, and I put it in the south window. Now, what I'm wanting to know is, um, and, and when I uh, bring it in, it's got uh, buds on it, putting her on every stem, mm-hmm. and that too, some of them are, are, are double and whatever, but I bring it in, and um, the the buds are about, oh, maybe a sixteenth of an inch. Right. That you can just see them coming. Sure. And then uh, I bring it in, and I was wondering about fertilizing it. Oh. It's, it's starting. To, it's about a quarter of a quarter of an inch. The buds are about a quarter of an inch now. Okay, perfect. And I wasn't you after that long, long diatribe. I wasn't sure what the bottom line was. Fertilizer. Good question. Really good question, actually. Yes, you may fertilize because when plants are actively growing, in this case, Christmas cactuses are actively forming flower buds and producing flowers, yes. that's active growth, and fertilizer will support that active growth. Okay, that's, so, that's fine. Yeah, that's all so, I wanted to know. Yeah, exactly. all day. And how often? Just, well, follow the instructions in terms of your mix rate. Remember, we only water Christmas cactus every two weeks or so. Yeah. So I would, at the most, be fertilizing once a month. Yes, but, okay, but I do, figured maybe that. Yeah, too. but do yeah. check what the instructions say and, and follow those. But yeah, enjoy. We're certainly getting up to that time of year where the Christmas cactuses are going to be like blowing our socks off with lots oh, of it color. is just loaded. It, it, yeah. It's going to be really, really nice and that too. Um, another thing, and I know it's not. I'm asking, going to ask you. It's not. Do you have any um, little bugs in that too? Uh, like you know those, like um, they look like. Uh, Oh, ladybugs and whatever. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. have any of those this year, okay. but usually sometimes they they are quite... Um, oh, well, we did get a couple of questions on the subject of the box elder bugs. Uh, that came up last week, actually. Yeah, and this, this lots is a, of... it's about, oh, a, a, half, a quarter of an inch long, yeah. and it's got uh, four legs on it. It's got uh, feelers. <laughs> yeah. 
It's okay. The, it's that time of year, just because they're looking for a place to overwinter. I tell you, this past week, before I stepped into my house, every time I was outside, I had to brush off all the ladybugs. I know. Before I went in. So it's that, because we had that warmth, and they're all attracted, and they're out flying around, and they're landing on us. So just well, don't take them ladybugs. inside. These no. aren't ladybugs. No, same they're, thing. They're along, and they fly. Don't, don't take them inside. And they're black, <laughs> and red. Yep. kind of red stripes yep. on it. Yep, don't take them in. They, they're exactly like the ladybugs. They're just looking for a place to spend the winter. Seal the cracks and crannies on your house if you don't want them coming in. Yeah. yeah. Thanks yeah. for okay. the question. Well, that's fine. Yeah, Thank yeah. you Thanks, very Sharon. much, and have, have a, a wonderful Thanksgiving. And you too. You as Thank well. you. Thank Bye-bye. you so much. We might have to call this the Sharon Show. The Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> you got it. Okay, let's go to uh, Diane in uh, Dorchester. <laughs> Welcome to the yeah. Garden Show, Diane. Hi, uh, Dean and Charlie. I also want to uh, wish you and the uh, listeners a uh, very happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Hi, Diane. About- from Oakside. I'm sorry I hung up on you by mistake. Oh, wait. Who who hung up? Uh, we still have that other lady, I guess. Okay. So, Sharon, we're done. You can hang up. Diane, go ahead. Yes. Anyway, I wanted to... You heard me. I did. Uh, wishing yeah, happy did. Thanksgiving. Yes. yes, indeed. Anyway, uh, my hostas. Yes. Um, what I've normally done is waited until the, the lot, well, a very heavy frost, mm-hmm. and the leaves get really slimy, mm-hmm. and they just slip off the plant. I know. Then I dispose of the material. Mm-hmm. Now, my, my sister's telling me that she's been told, instead of cutting them off the way she used to do it, a lady told her to leave them till the spring mm-hmm. and just leave all that um, mm-hmm. uh, slimy leaves. But I find once I, if I don't start taking them off, before, you know, as soon as they're um, they drop, they're yeah. um, starting to decompose, mm-hmm. I notice I'm getting a lot of slugs and snails. So should I leave it to the slugs and snails, or should I do it then? At least it saves me a job in the spring, but should I be leaving it? Okay, so this is a good question. You can do either. If you leave the leaves, and, and Dean's kind of nodding as well, so you know that when you get that hard frost, hosta leaves turn to mush at ground level. Mm-hmm. I used to cut them off, like you're talking about. Clean up the garden in the fall. One fall, I was way too busy, and I never got to them. The next spring, they weren't there. They had disappeared under the snow over the winter. There was nothing to clean up in the spring. Those slimy leaves had turned, had dried in the sun and had turned to dust and had gone back to the earth. And I went... Oh, well, that's one less job. So I've, I've never cut a hosta leaf down since then. Oh, it, thank you. That is absolutely yeah. fabulous. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> but remember, in the shade and uh, under the hostas, there, we will find in the spring often slugs and snails, and we'll find nests. Like when you're cleaning up and doing a little bit of work in the garden in the spring, sometimes you'll, you'll turn over a whole nest of baby snails or baby slugs. So, you know, at that point, you can deal with those by removing them from the garden. Um, you're, you're not going to get around it. It's a if it's a moist, damp summer, you're going to have slugs and snails. Hey, I appreciate that because boy, it's very, very cold in the hands. You know yourself. Yeah, I know. And yeah. I, I, my husband and my family threaten me to take my gardens away because uh, they want me to wear the garden gloves. But I like <laughs> feeling my fingers in the dirt and oh, in good. the plants and stuff. So good anyway, well, okay. You, well, good. have a good day, guys. Thanks, and you got Diane. lots of other people with questions. I love listening to your show. Thanks, man. Okay, take care. Yeah, and you too. Just one quick aside. I'm not yeah. sure if you know this, but by having bare hands in the soil like that, you're actually absorbing some crazy positive micro chemicals that are um, supporting your your good feelings, like that. Just that the 
the serotonins, all that sort of stuff, is nice. actually being absorbed through your skin. And gloves block it, but yeah. no gloves is one of the best ways to experience okay. the Okay, thank garden. you. Good, good. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I'll have to tape that on the fridge <laughs> for my family. Thank you. And you have Bye-bye. a great Thanksgiving Happy as well. Thanks so much for the call, Diane. Yeah. <laughs> and now, you know what? Every slug and snail around the province of Ontario that just heard you <laughs> is cheering because yeah. they're going hey, to leave the hostel <laughs> For us, little hotel, yeah, yeah, nice little, blankets for the you winter. got it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we have to take another break. Uh, we have to take another pause for some <laughs> important messages, but we will be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed. We're back here on The Garden Show. Charlie Dobbin is ready to take your questions. I'm Dean Holland, her Robin... <laughs> <laughs> to my Batman. Her, to her Batman. My Batwoman. You, go. you got it. Uh, the numbers again to call, 416-360-0740, or anywhere else in the province of Ontario, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Lines are open. We have a number of callers, though. Let's go to Tony right now, who is calling from Mississauga. Welcome to the Garden Show, Tony. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, uh, my question is, we have a lovely mandevilla plant on our patio and we cut it back uh, to bring inside for the winter. It started to grow, nice long shoots. We brought it back out the following spring, and no blossoms. So the question is, what do we, how do we prepare this plant to bring in and to blossom the following year? So what I would be doing is doing some cutting back on it now because it's probably got some very long tendrils and it's thick and bushy and green. So you, to bring it in, you're going to want to do a little bit of tidying up or maybe not. Maybe it's fine. You can give it a soap and water wash. Bring it in, put it in that nice sunny patio doors uh, for the winter. Avoid drafts, of course, hot or cold drafts. And then it will start to grow like stink round about February because the days start getting longer and the plants go woo. And before you know it, and bandavillas, right, you'll get six inches a day of growth on it in the spring. So I would give it a hard pruning in the early spring in your home and then leave it alone. You shouldn't have to do any more pruning and you're taking it outside once you're frost free. Hopefully, uh, any you're not pruning, you're just twirling and training the new tendrils as they come out. And um, with a proper, you know, obviously temperatures, light, uh, watering, I would start fertilizing in the spring as well, monthly. And you should have lots of flowers on it within a, six weeks or so of getting it outside or before. Okay, we'll, we'll definitely try that. Yeah, the trick is the pruning. I think we often wait too late to prune. We do all our pruning, you know, when we're putting it outside. Well, there goes all your flower buds. So do your pruning while you're still inside early spring, late winter. Okay, then. Great. Thank you. Great. Thanks for calling. Yeah, thanks. Good luck with that. Yeah, thanks for the question, Tony. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, of course, I started w- with you co-hosting uh, mm-hmm. just under a year ago now, mm-hmm. and every couple of months has its own, its own flavor, its own feel. And right now is all about 
is it, it's getting ready for bed, right? It's like it's getting ready for bedtime, putting things. It's allowing plants yeah. to do what they naturally are going to do. And the crazy thing is, it's not just our outdoor plants that are going to go to sleep, but our tropical plants also will have a downtime. So it's sort of respecting the physiology yeah. of the plants and not trying to make them, them do something that they don't naturally want to do. Yeah, and that's certainly something that I've learned from you know being here with you on a regular mm-hmm. basis because I would have thought that because your temperature inside is relatively mm-hmm. constant that it wouldn't make a difference but clearly it it, it does. It does, but you know, frankly, not for all plants. Like, look at orchids; they can they they grow all year round. They can bloom at any time. African violets are another example. Mm-hmm. They grow all year round and can bloom at any time. So, some plants never really, obviously, have a downtime. So, again, we support their natural rhythms. If they're going to be blooming and growing year round, then we're we're feeding them at you know year round. Gotcha. Okay, let's go to uh, Judy. We have Judy in Oakville. Uh, welcome to the Garden Show, Judy. Hi, good morning. How good are morning. you? We morning. are great. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, you too. So, Charlie, I'm the lady who phoned you in the spring about the Bokashi compost system. Yeah. And I promised to call you back in October with a report. Mm, good. What's going on? I'm going, (laughs) You liking it, eh? It's fantastic. Wow, interesting. You you put all of your compost in this little container in your kitchen, and when it's full, you shut it down, no more air, no nothing gets in it for two weeks. And when you open it, it just looks like a bunch of junk, the same as you put in. (laughs) But you dig a hole in your garden, you bury this, and two weeks later, it is beautiful soil. Wow. And you know that because it's you go, you amazing. can see, like, you dig a hole and you drop it in. Did you go back and check and say, oh, look, those banana peels disappeared? Or yes, it's that yes. obvious. Wow. I was shocked. So what and we actually, I, I knew where I had buried it. Yeah. And I was showing a friend of mine a couple of weeks later, and he dug through the whole bed, and we could not find a banana peel or an onion skin. We couldn't find anything. It had all just gone. So it speeds up. We know that anaerobic, that closed system, speeds up the decomposition. What will you do in the winter? That's what I'm trying to decide. I think I'm going to get a couple of big rubber-made containers, Mm -hmm. and I will continue to do the composting in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. and then I'll put those vegetable scraps in a container in the garage. It doesn't really freeze, but I'm I'm hoping that it won't, you know, really make a big mess and start stinking. And if it does, I'll throw it out. No, I probably won't. No, and, but, uh, but you won't want to put the lid on tight in the garage, I would think. You'd want to leave, either drill a few holes or leave it a bit loose. Yeah, good idea. Just like it would be sort of outside, but of course it's not frozen, so you can do that same, drop it in there and cover it up and let it do its thing. It'll just be a little slower because of the cooler temperatures, but it should still decompose. Maybe I should put a couple of bags of soil in with it. I would take some soil out of your garden rather than bags of soil. Yep, good good thinking. If you can, because yeah. the soil in your garden has life. The bags, not so much. Yes, that's right. That's wow. right. Well, this is just totally amazing. I am to- really, so really good. shocked. I didn't think it was going to work. <laughs> and there's another person in our community garden that's doing it as, as well, mm. and they have exactly the same results. Sweet. Hmm. All right, good. Well, you keep filling us in. Let us know yeah. next uh, say March or April. Uh, give us another call. Let us know what's going yeah. on then. We'll okay. want to know, we'll know how Thank the bins you. in the Happy garage go. I hope your daughter's recovery is swift. Uh, me too. Take it That's easy. Bad. Yeah. Anyhow, thank you so much for the show and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. you. Too. Thank yeah, thanks, you. Judy. Bye. 
Yeah, well, hopefully she'll call back in the uh, in the spring with a with an update on the, uh, the I, bins in the garage. I think she will, but I think that's it's an interesting. Yeah, I read about it after yeah. after Judy called us back in the spring. It's and cool. are you add? Remind me, are you adding something inside that bin? Yeah, in the kitchen. Yeah, you are. Okay. Yeah, they're um, sending you some. I believe it's enzymes that they're okay. supplying to you. So this system, if you're going to do it, there's two ways. You follow, like you order online the mm-hmm. accoutrement, or you figure out a way to do it yourself. The main thing is it's this uh, bin that stays tightly closed. Gotcha. Like uh, like Judy said, for about two weeks. But huh. there are these uh, enzymes that are added first. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I, well, it just speeds things up. Yeah. I think the thing that I'm curious about is that with, and seriously, with the amount of people that we sometimes have in our house, we have a lot coming down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. And I would almost imagine that if you have to keep it sealed up for two weeks, I'd have to have a few of these Absolutely. bins that, going at the same time. You're absolutely time. right. You need minimum two. And I think if you yeah. order the system, you do get two bins. Okay. So you've got two, two yeah, rotating every two weeks. Gotcha. I might need six. <laughs> <laughs> with all of these. Or, well, if you look it up, then you might see yeah. what it looks like and then just make yeah. it up yourself. I'm very curious. I yeah. love composting. I Me think too. It's great. And you're always talking about organic, organic. that that's a huge, huge, huge thing to, to because, put on the top. Because you cannot grow a great garden without great soil. It right. always comes back to the soil, whether, you know, you're growing raspberries or mm-hmm. soybeans or, you know, apple tree, anything you're growing, you need good quality soil. And certainly that's becoming more evident in my neighborhood because I was the one who brought in 300 yards of soil. Wow. <laughs> Nobody else did. Wow. So, um, yeah. It's 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 going to be very evident in five or ten years, but it's starting to be even after three years. Pretty gotcha. obvious. Okay, uh, let's go to Elizabeth in Toronto. Welcome to the Garden Show, Elizabeth. What have you got for Charlie there? Good morning. I just want to make a um, uh, an idea that I've used for many years. I have one of the city an extra city disposable, you know, a refund whatever re, re, whatever garbage containers, and they have a lock and they have a lid on them. Yeah, the green And bins. I put a black plastic bag inside mm-hmm. and uh, hold it down with the lid on mm-hmm. so it's open. Mm-hmm. And all winter from maybe December on to March, mm-hmm. I just go out the back door, put all my scraps in the black bag. And by March, end of March, I open up the bin, I tilt it on its side because it's kind of slimy, mm-hmm. and I take it down to my vegetable patch and I just empty the back that bag on my vegetable patch, which hasn't got anything in it yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, it works perfectly. And it's all decomposed. Really? So, and when you, you find, so you, when you tilt it down, do you empty it right away in March, or do you leave it outside for another couple of weeks before no, you No, no. I just, I just empty it, and then I usually put the black bag over top of it. Oh, okay. And then Warm I sometimes up. will put some soil if I've got extra soil on top of that. Good idea. However, so- I find that sometimes... Um, uh, peppers and beans and other squash grow out of <laughs> Of course. <laughs> Un- unknowingly. <laughs> my reason for calling is, is not that. Um, my reason for calling is that I am getting my vegetable patches um, put to bed. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, planning on planting my garlic fairly soon mm-hmm. with the coffee grinds. Good idea. And then um, I'm wanting to plant my spring sp- seeds, like peas and Mm. Um, lettuce and the mm-hmm. kale and stuff of that nature mm-hmm. um, now. And then I want to know if I I pulled out some uh, carrots that weren't yeah. were big, big, but they have carrot tops. And can I use the carrot tops for cooking and eating? I've never heard anybody who's done that. Huh. They're not toxic, as far as I know. I could double-check that, though. Um, as far as I know, they are 
edible uh, to eat. So stand by for that. Um, yeah, I mean, we think of beet greens and obviously leaf lettuce and all those kinds of things. So I will double check carrot tops. I guess I'm just, you know, I know what family they come from. And there is potentially some toxicity, so don't start chewing yet. Um, yep. the, do you always plant your peas and beans and kale seeds now, or you're just preparing the soil for next no, spring? No, I plant, I, I plant them I plant them now, um, and they come up really early in the spring because I don't have very much sunlight. Hmm. Um, and so they get a lot of sunlight in the early spring. Right. Of course. And then I've also got radishes mm-hmm. that um, I forgot to pull out, and, and they've gone to seed. They're like pea pods. <laughs> so I'm just going to leave those sure. and let them drop on the ground and see what happens. I've never done that before. Well, and how many of us have had tomatoes come up from tomatoes that fell off the ground last year? Or yeah. um, certainly, I, I lettuce. This happens to me every time because lettuce will go to flower, and I've got more next year without even planting. Right. <laughs> so. Well, tomatoes, the cherry tomatoes, just took yeah. over. There you go. You know they'll be coming up next spring. Okay, really good tip. I love that uh, plastic bag with all your eggshells and banana peels. And um, I can tell you, I have grown a few mango trees in my compost (laughs) from mango pits. (laughs) So you you do get some great surprises with from from what grows in the compost. So true. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. I I will diligently and carefully eat, and I put it in my broth to make. Uh, all right. Well, let me let me report back on that after we ha- come back from our next commercial break. Thank you ever so much. I'll listen. Thank okay, you. Great. Okay, great. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Uh, yeah, great question. And mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you can just imagine going out opening up your bin. It was a mango tree. Exactly. <laughs> and they're really pretty trees. Like, the leaves yeah. are very shiny. But I also know that I'm not going to get any mangoes until the tree is about 30, 40 feet yeah, tall. Yeah. And, of course, that's not an outdoor. That's a tropical. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, our carrot tops don't uh, last very long in our house because we have uh, a guinea pig. But, oh, I see a bunny. Yeah, he gets all that stuff. Oh, so. it's smart. Oh, yeah. He hears us chopping in the kitchen. He and- starts squeaking. <laughs> it's true. And do you, what's, is his bedding like the wood uh, shavings kind of bedding? It was, but we have recently gone to the little pads because underneath. So just as, a, <laughs> as an alternate that you can just wash. So oh, yeah, something okay. we're trying. Yeah, no, I just wondered because that can be a good source of organic material to add to uh, the garden. You could, those oh, wood shavings. The wood right? shavings. That See? he's been peeing and pooping in. I didn't think of that. Wow. Look at that. I didn't think of that. Free. It's free. Yeah, it's free. You're giving him your carrot tops. You want them right. back. I want it back. <laughs> Some investment there. Oh, you've you shed a whole new light on this. I love it. I love it. Okay, let's go to our next caller. Um, actually, I'm going to give, a, give out the numbers first. Four one six three six zero zero seven four zero is the number for Toronto gardeners. And if you're gardening anywhere else in the province of Ontario, and you have a question for Charlie, one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. Let's go to another Judy now. Judy in Stratford. Welcome to the Garden Show, Judy. Good morning. I'm, I would like some help with my rose. I've, I have this really pretty rose, and I don't know what name it has, but mm-hmm. gets great big flowers on it. And so when I've been cutting off the dead flowers, I've been taking a longer piece, and I've been trying to start one. So anyhow, I have it in this big plastic container with the dirt that I can put a lid on it, so it's a little, little greenhouse for it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, uh, this is the first year. I've tried so many times and had no luck. Mm-hmm. But I actually got two of them that are growing. they got all new little leaves all coming up. Mm-hmm. But now I'm wondering, what do I do with it in the winter? Because there's no drainage in it, so I don't know if I can dig this pot and put it in the ground and outside, or shall I bring it in my house 
or what shall I do with it to make it survive when I've got this far? <laughs> okay, good suggestions, but none of them are ones I would do. Okay. So, okay, so you, uh, planting, okay, so cuttings from a rose, totally understandable. Keep in mind, depending on what variety of rose you're growing in your garden that you took these cuttings from, they may or may not survive on their own roots. Okay. Many roses are grafted onto a hardy rootstock, so it, I, without knowing the, the variety, it's hard for me to judge whether right. your cuttings will survive either way, whether in a pot or in the ground. Could you put them in the ground, those cuttings into the ground where you'd like them to grow ultimately? I don't know where I'm going to put them. <laughs> okay. Could you drill holes into the container I they're can in do that. now? So uh, if you can get drainage holes into that container, you know, with a drill mm-hmm. or whatever, get those drainage holes in, leave them in the pot, and bury the pot under the ground, just up to the rim of the pot for the winter. Now, Do not I bring them in. Now, should I put that lid on it back when it's in the ground? Is it a clear lid? No, it's blue. Okay, and... Yeah. Or should I leave the lid You're off? You're in Stratford. I'd be inclined to put, to mound some earth or some leaves around the roses, the little plants that you've got okay. growing in the pot. And if the weather is going to get colder than 10 below zero, mm-hmm. I would go out and put the lid on and have a rock standing nearby to put a rock on so it doesn't blow away or a brick or something. And just leave that lid on if it's 10 below or colder. If it's, you know, two or three below zero... Uh, or there's you know lots and lots of snow, then don't worry about it because you've got that warmth insulation from the leaves and from the snow. But okay. if it's really cold, it can be quite hard on, on little tiny plants. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I worked so hard to get this going. I don't want it to die. <laughs> no, exactly. No, it should be fine. Just yeah, get that drainage because that, that, okay. nothing will kill a rose faster than being underwater. Okay. Well, that was what I was afraid with no drainage. If I mm-hmm. put it in the ground, would yeah. it get too wet in there? It might. But, okay, I'll put drainage in it. Okay, thank okay. you so much, okay. and you have a good day. Yeah, thanks. You too. Happy thanks, Thanksgiving. Judy. Okay, uh, you and I are going to pause now for we some are. very important messages, but we will be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Thanks. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, frogs, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back with The Garden Show, and I love that little song, but i got to tell you, Charlie, it said nothing about carrot tops. No, that's nope. true. So we'll, let's do an update on that. Okay. Good point. Uh, Elizabeth, you asked whether you could eat your carrot tops. The answer is absolutely yes, full of nutrients, full of nutrients. Don't give them to the gerbils and rabbits. <laughs> eat the them yourself. The they bypass them. And they, I think <laughs> the, uh, you were saying that they, you could make like pesto and things out of them. And you could... Well, the, I just quickly on the web, yeah, there's some good recipes. Wow. Uh, a chim- chimichurri recipe, uh, carrot greens, yum, 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 tangy, make it like a pesto kind of a yeah. sauce. Yeah, yeah. So don't hesitate to eat your carrot greens is the bottom line. Gotcha. And anything green is typically really good for you as well. Vitamin A and vitamin D in dark green vegetables. Gotcha. I, my favorite vegetable, spinach. Really? Probably hands down. How Cooked or raw. I love it. Not mine. Yeah, I love it, love it, love it. <laughs> okay, uh, we have a first-time caller on the line. We are going to Debbie in Whitby. Welcome to the Garden Show, Debbie. Thank you so much. I Good morning, your... everybody. Good morning. I have your garden wings for you. Here we go. Um, okay, so the bane of my existence is Creeping Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the one year I pulled five green, like five big um, leaf bags full mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. I try to stay on top of it, 
and it just continues to take over. Do you have any ideas about what I can do with it? So it's creeping in your lawn, I assume. Yes, yeah. Um, okay, well, I think you're going to, f- well, two things. Whenever a weed starts to flower, you know once it starts flowering, it's setting seeds, now we're going to have a lot more of that weed. So staying on top of any weeds that are flowering is excellent because it's a way to, number one, you'll minimize the population. The other thing I find, and I'm really seeing this in my new neighborhood because we're, we're in pretty large lots with mm-hmm. a lot of lawn, is people are tending to work in quadrants. So if they get a bit of a weed infestation and they're overwhelmed and they're just like, where do I start? They'll start in a specific quadrant, get down on their hands and knees. Of course, I would take a wine bottle with me, but these people don't <laughs> seem to. I don't know why. <laughs> I would, they're, they're just... I might like, take that. <laughs> They look Thanks like, you know, prisoners of war in a concentration camp. It's just so sad down there on their hands and he's pulling weeds. I'm like, well, at least take a bottle of wine. But, um, yeah, and they just pull, 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 get the roots. Use a screwdriver. Use a long knife. Use whatever tool you need. Make sure that the soil is somewhat moist and you will be able to get roots with these plants out of the ground and work away on it. Um, I know there's also been some frustration. Like, the, you know, there are some chemicals. Things like lemon juice, things like vinegar, which will kill weeds in the spring, mm-hmm. but they will also kill anything that they touch. Exactly. So, I tried that. Yes, yeah, so you got to be very specific. You only spray what you're trying to kill, and you do it when the plants are young and much more susceptible to death. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, yeah it's, it's a bit... I'm it, looking at it now as I'm standing outside and... I'm like, oh my, here it is again. Like, it just doesn't stop. And I Remember the bottle of wine. <laughs> the <country>. bottle of wine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Thank my you. husband's the same, right? He's like, I, I weeded there like two weeks ago. Like, what's going on? I'm going, honey, it's a process. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not you against the weeds. It's you with the weeds. With, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? If they stayed nice and green when they died off, like, you know, instead of they go this brown and mm. then the soil underneath gets mm-hmm. all... You know, I know, horrible. I hear you. Um, I wouldn't mind letting it just do its thing, but it doesn't do that. So. Well, well, remember where we pull weeds and we leave open patches, we're asking for weeds to grow back in there, you know, next spring. Mm-hmm. So when we're doing a weed job, let's make sure we've got some soil in our back pocket so we can be filling those blank spots with some nice fresh triple mix or topsoil or some kind of good soil. Okay. And I don't, sometimes I don't even bother putting seed down because the grass will grow in and fill those patches if you get some nice soil down because you're right it gets very parched and nutrient poor where the weeds have been okay so i'll just get some topsoil put that down because i have tried to overseed i have done all of that and it's still persistent yeah get the weeds out fill the fill the patches with some fresh soil and i think you'll be quite happy with the results okay okay thanks thank you so much and if you want to have a glass of wine red red drink or white (laughs) <laughs> I think a little bubbly makes things always more fun. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Good well, luck you with so that. Much. You're welcome. Okay, and I just uh, I have to say, Charlie, I was just looking it up. Uh, uh, creeping Charlie, also known as ground ivy, gill over the ground, creeping Charlie, ale hoof, ton hoof, <laughs> cat's foot, field bomb, runaway robin, and creeping Jenny. Yeah, yeah. So there's lots of... Love those common names. Yeah. I, it's, it's like, I just say, you know, anything that's creeping in your lawn is creeping, Charlie. <laughs> in fact, I got to tell you, all I put into the search was creeping and Charlie. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Pretty crazy. I try to not take it too personally. <laughs> no, don't you know? take it personally. Uh, the numbers to call, uh, 416-360-0740, or uh, that's Toronto or anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Lines are open. Uh, so can we talk briefly about bulb planting and what I need to know? Now, I have purchased uh, a bunch of allium bulbs. Yes, right? you have. And quite so, a bunch. Which is, a couple hundred. Yeah, which is in the... Onion family. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Alliums are onions. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, are all bulbs created equal? Am I generally planting them about the same depth, or do they all have their own individual? It depends on the size of the bulb. Okay. So remember, little bulbs, like little, you, you did get, I think the ping pong is probably one of the smaller yep. bulbs you bought. Allium, ping pong, little white spherical flowers mm-hmm. can be really pretty in July. But the bulbs, I don't think, are very large. They're about an inch or thereabouts you know, two centimeters okay. tall. So the rule of thumb is the bottom of the bulb gets buried three times the height of the bulb. Oh, okay. Right, so you've got a big, huge daffodil. I planted some big daffodils over the the last few days. So I was putting those down six to eight inches deep because yeah. of that size of the bulbs, whereas you're going to go down with those smaller ones, you know, like I say, two, three times the height of the bulb. It doesn't matter. You don't have to get too stressed out about putting in the roots down, root side down. Okay. The, the stem will go up and the roots will go down regardless regardless of how you plant those, okay. the one bulb you have to plant it pointy end up is hyacinth. Oh. And you didn't purchase any hyacinth. No. So so just, um, I have a great little bulb planter. It's like a little, yeah, you yeah. kind of, it's like a cylindrical thing with a handle, sharp edge. You twist it into the ground, pull it up, soil comes up with it, drop in my bulb, squeeze the handle, soil drops, move to the next spot. And um, it's a quick and dirty way to get a bunch of bulbs in the ground. If your soil is loose, Another yeah. word would be friable. It's workable. Okay, good. Not, and and I do love getting. I'm like I hate wearing gloves. Yeah. I love getting my hands dirty. In the dirt. And so it's actually really nice to know that other than just the dirt under my fingernails that I have to scrub out, that you're getting those great little uh, lots of benefits. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. I always did bare hands too until I started doing TV shows and they told me I had to wear gloves. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uh, <laughs> like okay. who cares? Yeah. No, no, it's not good for TV. Trust yeah, me. No, for sure. <laughs> uh, lines are open. We still have some time to answer your questions about gardening inside or outside. So do give us a call. But for the moment, we have to take another one of those pauses to hear from some very, very important people. But we will be back with more on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back for The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. We didn't really go anywhere. We no, were just it's true. We were about sitting here chatting about... Things. Well, we chatted about the calls. We chat about yeah, garden yeah. stuff. That's right. Yeah, indeed. There's always more, to, there's always more going on, right? Yeah, yeah, and I always, 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 every show, I always learn <laughs> something. Uh, because you like, just know like, so darn much. Like wine and weeding go well together? <laughs> <laughs> that one I wasn't expecting today. No, for sure. I'm going to remember that one. My, my wife's going to have no problem <laughs> taking that gardening tip. Okay, let's go to uh, Judy in Stratford. Welcome to the Garden Show, Judy. Welcome back. Yeah. Hi, I just wanted to give the lady with the Creeping Charlie a hint that mm-hmm. has Great. worked for us. Okay. We always do it, especially after we've had a heavy rain or whatever, because the roots and everything comes out much better. Mm-hmm. In fact, I like doing all my weeding after rain because I find it works much better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You need that moist soil to get those weeds out. We still have creeping Charlie, but it does work. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Which what? The wine works or the pulling? No, no, no. The what? After rain. Nothing about the wine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Just checking. (laughs) Appreciate that. The moister the soil, the better your success for getting the full root. I agree. I agree. Right. Good tip. Okay. Okay, thank you. Oh, yeah. Thanks for calling back. Yeah, okay. I, I might have to. Do weeding and scotch, quite frankly, so, myself. So I'm just, I'm I'd just like saying. To see how long that lasted before you were nose deep yeah, in a weed? Single malt scotch and, and, and weeding. There you go. Because you crawl, right? If you yeah. got, if you have enough weeds, you never have to get you up, just, right? No, you just crawl you just around, keep crawling. and then you just haul your yeah. your weed basket yeah. and your tools and it's, your bottle of scotch. I'm so there, and then you try to get up at the end. I, get get a video on that. I'm so there. <laughs> weeding just all got a whole lot more fun. Okay, let's go to. Evelyn in Toronto. Welcome to the Garden Show, Evelyn. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, you both. Thank yeah, you. And you as well. Question: We had a problem with the squirrels uh, digging up all our lovely hyacinths, which mm. had been um, given to me many long years ago. So I'm just wondering. I'm going to buy some more and try again. But is there anything that I could do to mitigate? Uh, the removal of my hyacinth bulbs. I would be happy to send you the uh, the Charlie Dobbin slingshot. (laughs) (laughs) You have to quit your full-time job, exactly. Stay home with your bottle of wine and your slingshot and just scare off those squirrels. Get those extra bag of cranberries. Bing! Yeah, perfect. Might even grow some cranberries along the way. Well, so a couple things. We know, we've heard from some of our callers, they've had good success with blood meal as a way to keep the squirrels away from the bulbs. So that's a... Something you purchase, uh, you sprinkle as you... And, and I remember the caller a couple weeks ago, she said she actually sprinkles... Sorry, Charlie, I can't hear you. Yeah, your um, your phone keeps dinging. Uh, your radio's not on, is it? Oh. Hi, sorry, Charlie. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, so you're f- you know what you should do? Maybe hang up the phone and turn up your radio, and then you'll be able to hear perfectly. No, no, I'm good. I'm you, good. You, you can hear? Okay, yeah. so, yeah, because your phone keeps dinging like your chin is hitting the, 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 yeah, uh, right. the buttons. So blood meal on the bulbs as you plant, then soil on the bulbs, and then another layer of blood meal, and then some debris on top of the soil, whether it's leaves or grass clippings or rose canes you've cut or whatever. Just get something over the surface of the soil so the squirrels are not realizing or recognizing that you've just planted something. Because <laughs> they want it. They'll be very curious to see what you just planted. But if you make, make it look like nothing, you weren't actually working there because you weren't, and you've distracted them with some peanuts or corn or something, then um, they won't be so quick to, to dig it all up. And the blood meal does turn them away for a, a, hopefully long enough until we get a good frost. So it's blood meal, soil, blood meal, mm-hmm. and then the leaves. Yep, exactly. Okay, that's excellent. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. It's the squ- <laughs> Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. It's the squirrel game. I know. <laughs> it's the squirrel game. Okay, we have one more caller on the line. Hopefully it's a quick question. Let's go to Anne in Newmarket. Welcome to the Garden Show, Anne. Hi, how Hi. are you? Excellent. Good. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, I just got some Dallas's. And I want to know how I can store them for the winter. Okay, so dahlias. Dahlias. Um, yes. So they're in your garden now. No, I took them out. Okay, did you, or you're in Newmarket, did you have a hard frost? Did they get frosted? Well, it was, wasn't, so, the leaves kind of went black on top. Okay. I would have left them till they truly were frosted through right down to ground level. Mm-hmm. So all the leaves would be black, the flowers would be shriveled. The reason we do that is because the tuber that's underground will 
shut down once the bottom growth has been knocked out by the frost. Mm. When you dig them up and they're still actively growing because they haven't frosted yet, then there's a tendency for the tubers to still have, you know, say, oh, hey, like, let's keep growing kind of thing. Not the end of the world. You've dug them up now. Dry them down somewhere in the garage, on a porch, uh, on top of newspaper so that they're they're not moist. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to put them in a frost-free location for the winter, preferably in a dark, cool spot and they will be fine and survive the winter, you'll pull them out next spring and pot them up in April. I, I don't put them in a pot or anything with dirt? You could. You could. You have to put them in something uh, for the yeah. winter. Uh, often I will just leave them in the pot they were growing in if they were outside in a pot. Oh, okay. But, um, but yeah, good luck with that, Anne. Okay. Um, it, it, sh- it shouldn't be too hard. They're easy to keep alive. Okay, thank you. Take yeah, it yeah. easy. Thank you, Dean. We're oh. out of racetrack You're already. welcome. I am very, very, very excited about the alliums. I know. you got your whole week yeah. cut out for you yeah. and the family. And this is a good time to do it, right? Perfect time to do it. Get on it. We're okay. going to get onto our garlic next week. Okay. Okay. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, Carla. Great callers, good tips. Keep those tips coming. Thanks, everybody. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.